You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you for the next hour or so. Um, I'm going to be looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. And if you do have any questions anytime during the week, you can ring 0696200. You can text 0871669800 and that counts as WhatsApp as well. Uh, you can also email um, reception102 at gmail.com and you can tag that for uh, Tech Thursday or for Patrick Sheehan and I'll get that. Um, but let's look at actually I have been talking to people and some of the I suppose discussions that mostly come up is like with with the influx of um, electric cars and things like that uh, a lot of people hear the you know even cars say that they can do like 250 miles but they are say 300 kilometers and but they can only you know in real life situations they can only do maybe 200 or you know they, they'll do maybe 20 percent less than they say that they that they would do in real life situations because different driving conditions and different quality of roads and if you have your radio on or air conditioning on and things like that it can vary and more it usually varies downwards you know they usually give you the no radio on no heater on perfect weather conditions driving conditions you know that kind of thing they give you the best possible you know version so um people are thinking about buying electric cars but they're afraid of that or they're thinking getting hybrids things like that uh of what i've spoken to but they ask what the future what's what's where's it going to be going and uh, uh, is it going to get better and better and i suppose it is it is already do you know like tesla have that new um car the the tesla model s the new version i think uh with the played plus or whatever it's called uh, like the high powered one but there there's one is played without the plus or something that's a lot a high a high mileage one and it's the first one that will be they claim over 500 miles or something like that so um yeah it's definitely getting the mileage is getting better and tesla does seem to be ahead of the rest but there's some new technology i was reading about and this might be something um for the future is called massless energy storage it's a structural battery that performs 10 times better than all previous versions so the always the problem with batteries is whatever car you have electric car the batteries are just like cells you know they're like a stack of laptop batteries if you will you know like um big square batteries and there there's a pack of them made they're either wide or they're stacked in a square in the boot or they're wide along the floor pan but they don't do anything. They have to be protected. They have, they have, um, they, you know, they're just weight. They're just excess weight uh, just for the storage of electricity. But what they're inventing now or what they're working on uh, is structural batteries. So in other words, you could have a part of the frame of your car or like the wing or something or different parts of the car that's actually a battery. Uh, it's called mass. They call it massless energy because you're not adding mass just for the battery. the The battery will be part of the structural mass of the car. So they that the problem is you know batteries usually have to be in a certain shape because they have to move protons and electrons back and forth and how they when they charge and when they give out give out the electricity again. But this is a new technology that's. Uh, 
that can make it fit into structure. Let's let's see what it says here. Uh, this is on uh, sciencetechdaily.com website. Researchers from Chalmers University of Technology have proved a structural battery that performs 10 times better than all previous versions. It contains carbon fiber and serves simultaneously as an electrode, conductor and load-bearing material. Their latest research breakthrough paves the way for essentially massless energy storage in vehicles and other technology. The batteries in today's electric cars constitute a large part of the vehicle's weight without fulfilling any load-bearing function. A structural battery, on the other hand, is one that works uh, as both a power source and part of the structure. For example, in a car's body, uh, this is termed uh, massless energy storage because, in essence, the battery's weight vanishes when it becomes part of the load-bearing structure. Calculations show that this type of multifunctional battery could greatly reduce um, the weight of a vehicle. Uh, the development of structural batteries at Chalmers University of Technology has proceeded through many years of research, including previous discoveries involving certain types of carbon fibre. In addition to being stiff and strong, they also have a good ability to store electrical, uh, electricity chemically. Uh, this work was named by Physics World as one of 2018's biggest uh, scientific breakthroughs. Uh, the first attempt to make a structural battery was made in 2007, but it has so far proven difficult to manufacture batteries uh, with good electrical and mechanical properties. Um, but now the development has taken a real step forward with researchers from Chalmers in collaboration with <coughs> KTH Royal Institute in Stockholm in Sweden uh, presenting a structural battery with the properties that far exceed anything seen yet in terms of electrical energy storage, stiffness and strength. Its multifunctional performance is 10 times higher than that previous uh, structural battery prototypes. Uh, the battery has energy density of 24 WH per kg. I don't know what that means. Meaning approximately 20% capacity compared to comparable lithium-ion batteries currently available. But since the weight of the vehicle can be greatly reduced, less energy will be required to drive an electric car, for example, at lower energy density. Also results are... An increased safety with the stiffness, uh, with a stiffness of 25 GPA, the structural battery can really uh, compete in many other commonly used construction materials. Uh, previous attempts to make structural battery plus, okay, it doesn't have put out as much energy, but if you have like the whole frame of a car made out of it, it'll take up a lot more space, but not take up any more weight, and it can hold a lot of electricity. Maybe it could like do a thousand miles on one charge if the whole structure of a car is made of it. It could be quite expensive, though. Carbon fiber, you see it in like the million quid supercars and things like that, these Koenigseggs and certain Ferraris and things like that. Uh, so it's not a cheap, and Formula One cars, it's not a cheap uh, material. <laughs> So I presume if this does happen, it will first happen in extremely expensive cars and hopefully work its way down. Uh, super light electric bikes and consumer electronics could soon be a reality. Oh, yeah, well, it could, yeah, it could happen in phones and things like that. A new battery has a negative electrode. Uh, the new battery has a negative electrode made of carbon fiber and a positive electrode made of a lithium ion, a lithium iron phosphate coated aluminium foil. They are separated by a fiberglass fabric in an electrolyte matrix, despite their success in creating a structural battery 10 times better than all previous ones. 
The researchers did not choose the materials to try and break records. Rather, they wanted to investigate and understand the effects of material architecture and separator thickness. Uh, Now, a new project financed by the Swedish National Space Agency is underway, where the performance of the structural battery will be increased yet further. Uh, The aluminium foil will be replaced with a carbon fibre Uh, with carbon fibre as a load-bearing material in the positive electrode, providing both increased stiffness and energy density. The fibreglass separator will be replaced with an ultra-thin variant, which will give a much greater effect, uh, as well as faster charging cycles. The new project is expected to be completed within two years. So that's very interesting. That could be one way to, to move forward. Uh, another thing which is a separate story which is a bit out there it's a bit crazy but it's uh, it's it sounds amazing though is a diamond battery powered by nuclear waste which will run for 28,000 years so the, a US startup combined radioactive isotopes from nuclear waste with ultra slim layers of nano diamonds to assemble a ridiculous battery that allegedly can last 28,000 years so would you keep a nuclear-powered battery in your pocket? Well, according to the California startup in question called NDB Nano Diamond Battery, their product is a high-powered diamond-based alpha, beta, and neutron voltaic battery. Um, the energy comes from waste graphite uh, that was previously used in graphite-cooled nuclear reactors. The radioactive graphite is encased in layers of nanothin single crystalline diamond which both act as a semiconductor and heatsink. Uh, diamond is the hardest material known to man. It also has the highest energy conductivity, meaning it quickly transfers heat from the radioactive graphite, so the diamond layers do not only collect charge, but also prevent radiation leakage. Uh, since the diamond, uh, or since the carbon-14 isotopes have uh, half-life times in the range of thousands of years and diamonds are virtually indestructible, NDB felt confident making this bombastic marketing claim. The battery has two different merits. Um, NDB CEO and co-founder Nima Golsharif said in an interview with Future Net Zero, one of these is nuclear waste and converts it into something good and the second is that it runs for a much longer time than current batteries uh, the product is supposed to come in two versions <coughs> the forever version that is supposed to last 28,000 years before it runs out of charge and the hardcore version is meant for niche applications such as deep space where it could power instruments on board uh, spacecraft and satellites these spacecraft for instance would send um would be sent to other star systems or on centuries-long voyages and they would still have enough power to beam back messages. Uh, there is also a consumer version meant for powering electric vehicles, smartphones and other small devices. Since the graphite would be wrapped in multiple coatings of synthetic diamond, there would be no radiation leakage out of your phone. NDB claims that the radiation levels emitted by the cells will be less than those emitted by the human body. Uh, think of it as an iPhone with the same size battery. It would charge your battery from zero to full uh, five times an hour. Imagine that. Imagine a world where you wouldn't have to charge your battery at all for the day. Now imagine for a week, a month. How about for decades? <laughs> That's what we're able to do with this technology. NDB's Neil Na- uh, Naker said in a statement, 
That may or may not be true, but frankly, it would be interesting to see who would buy a product fully aware that it contains radioactive uh, radioactive battery. Uh, the charge collected by battery cells is collected, is stored, and instantly distributed by a supercapacitor. Cells can be built to conform to any uh, shape or standard, including AA, AAA. Also, they can make nuclear-powered AAA batteries and AA batteries, um, all manner of custom sizes. Um, for now, NDB has only completed a proof of concept. The company was about to release a commercial prototype, but uh, then came COVID. Nevertheless, the company expects to release a low-power commercial version of its radioactive diamond battery in less than two years while the high-power version is slated for five years' time. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, l- l- what if somebody, like, dumps their phone or and the, it's, or put a phone gets thrown in a fire or something? What's <laughs> You're going to have nuclear fallout. I suppose it's a tiny amount, but uh, it's crazy, though. Uh, LG promises three years of Android updates. This, oh, yeah, this is very sad. LG is stopping making phones. So LG, over the years, I've had a, a few of them because they were, um, when the G2 and G3 and those came out, they were ahead of the game a lot. They were the first phone with wired. I had a phone... I don't know how long ago, like a decade ago with wireless charging. It had a stand and everything for wireless charging before anybody else, years and years before anybody else. Um, but now uh, they're, they're stopping making phones. And I, I actually, I think one of their best phones ever was their latest one. The, what do they call it? It looks like a cross shape. It, it's, it looks like a phone and it flips and it becomes a T-shape. Um, um, yeah, but uh, they're stopping making phones. LG's Android, uh, but they said they're going to keep updating Android, even though they're stopped making. LG has announced a pledge to issue future Android OS updates to many of its smartphones, despite confirming earlier this week it'll be leaving the phone business altogether. Uh, the Velvet Wing and G and V series phones from 2019 or later should be getting three Android updates uh, from their year of release. And certain 2020 models such as LG, Stylo and K-Series will get two updates. For example, the Velvet came out last year with Android 10 and its Android 11, Android 11 rollout is currently in progress. That means it should be getting Android 12 and 13 at some point, assuming Google continues its yearly cadence. Uh, LG various, um, variously describes the announcement uh, as a three-year pledge and a three o- um, OS guarantee. Uh, the announcement is a little surprising because LG phones generally wouldn't have been expected to get uh, as many updates. So they're kind of doing a favor to their. Yeah, it's sad though that they're they're uh, stopping doing it. I would I would have liked to try the wing. Uh, Look, uh, the prices had gone up a lot since their early days, but uh, it looked really cool. I loved the the, the idea of it and the usability of it but um, they were always experimenting with stuff and they were giving other phone companies ideas Uh, other phone companies ended up going with a lot of their ideas over the years and um, yeah they'll be missed they'll be you you love these companies that take chances and do mad things and try things out and that's how the market goes on and new technology comes out and uh, they were definitely one of those so yeah they'll definitely be missed Uh, Facebook isn't planning to tell you if you're one of the 533 million people whose data was leaked. 
the company's response has been lacklustre. Facebook is responding to the recent news that 533 million accounts were leaked online for free, but perhaps not in the way users might have hoped. The company doesn't plan to notify the users whose data was exposed. A sp- uh, Facebook spokesperson told Reuters, uh, in the data sheet, there's apparently a lot of information that you might not want floating around on the Internet, including birthdays, locations, full names and phone numbers. So it's disappointing to hear that Facebook doesn't plan to notify users that might be affected. Uh, the company cited two reasons to Reuters why it's not telling users. It's not, uh, they say it's not confident it would know which users would need to be notified and that users would be able to do wouldn't be able to do anything about their uh, data being online on tuesday facebook wrote on its blog it believes the data was scraped via its contact importer uh, sometime before september 2019 a method that's in violation of the company's policies but as Budfeed, Buzzfeed, <laughs> Budfeed, uh, news reporter Ryan Mack points out, uh, that doesn't quite mesh with the fact that the company hasn't spoken out or filed lawsuits against controversial surveillance company Clearview AI for scraping photos from Instagram and Facebook. So that's... They're, they're getting cheekier and cheekier, aren't they, these big companies? They, like, they, they feel that they can't be touched. The likes of Facebook and Amazon and, and Google and all those... And, you know, I don't know, it's crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Some OnePlus uh, 9 Pro owners say their phones are overheating too easily. OnePlus plans to address the issue uh, with updates over the next few weeks. A number of OnePlus 9 Pro owners say they're getting persistent overheating warnings, often with use of the camera app, or with use of the camera app. Android police spotted the mounting uh, number of reports, many of which are collected in a thread on OnePlus support forum, and often mention uh, the use of the camera app in connection with the warnings. OnePlus tells The Verge that it's known... It's a known issue and that a fix will be coming via software updates over the next few weeks. Some 9 Pro owners reported a problem saying that the uh, warning appears uh, even with light use of the phone's still uh, photo or video recording capabilities. In some cases, the phone will prohibit any more photo taking until it cools back down. Others mentioned the problem arising around uh, or soon after initial setup. Uh, You know, and nowadays... You know, like years ago, when the OnePlus One came out, you know, it was awful cheap and it was given very good specs and you're kind of expecting, you know, uh, you're you're kind of almost buying a prototype and you're expect, you know, you're not expecting to be getting an amazing phone, but you're you're, you're happy enough with the specs and it'll last a year or two. But nowadays, OnePlus's prices are up there with Samsung and all. They're like, if you spec them up, they're 900, 1,000 euro for the top phones, the pro versions in the top specs and all that. Uh, So you wouldn't want them, you know, they they should have, all this kind of stuff should be behind them. I know Samsung did it with the, the other phone, but um, any of them shouldn't be shouldn't be given those kind of problems. They should be testing and things like that. And you know, they sh- their previous phones didn't do it. So, what are they doing wrong in these? I wonder. Maybe it's some change of materials now, or something with all these shortages going on and everything. So you never know. Uh, Twitter reportedly discussed buying social audio app Clubhouse for four billion, despite building its own competitor Spaces. 
Uh, Twitter's already uh, building a competitor to the hot social media uh, audio app Clubhouse, but apparently it's discussed outright acquiring the company too, uh, Bloomberg reported today. Uh, the Twitter held discussions with both club uh, with Clubhouse about purchasing the app for around four billion. Those conversations have reportedly stalled, and it's unclear why. Uh, it's also unclear whether Twitter or Clubhouse approached the other first, which could speak to how either platform is feeling about the competition in the social audio space. Bloomberg also reported yesterday that Clubhouse is now looking to raise uh, money at around $4 billion valuation. It's possible that a number of these uh, came out of these Twitter discussions or that Clubhouse is shopping that figure around. So, yeah, Clubhouse is like a thing you have to be, you have to sign up for or you have to be allowed into or something. And there's like these private chats that... Uh, that like between groups of people or whoever's on I don't know exactly you have to be invited into the room and then you can you can have a chat there could be 20 people chatting about certain topics and stuff I don't know I've never used it I never even went into their website or tried to sign up for it or anything I did use that Twitter spaces um uh, you can that's uh, on Twitter it was like an MMA discussion or something that somebody started up and I went clicked in and I was allowed in and I was invited to speak and there was like 20 or 30 people talking about fights and things like that so yeah um, that was quite handy you know it was just like um, a zoom call kind of thing but like on on uh, on Twitter so yeah it's a good idea um, Amazon Music now has a car mode for easier use while driving bigger text bigger buttons and Alexa on call uh, the Amazon Music mobile app is getting a new feature to make it a little bit easier to use while driving. Car mode is a simplified version of Amazon's music interface uh, featuring larger buttons, uh, suggested playlists and albums and easy access to Alexa. Once enabled, car mode is divided into two sections. The upper part near the top of your phone is devoted to playback controls like play, pause and skip, while the bottom section features a collection of music suggestions which can switch between um, with a swipe or a tap. Uh, if a hands-free experience sounds better, and it probably should if you're driving safely, uh, you can trigger Alexa in the bottom right corner uh, with a tap by using an Alexa voice command uh, and like that uh, it, it was written down there but I didn't want to read it out because I could be setting off people's Alexas if they're at home uh, car mode doesn't add any new functionality to Amazon Music but it changes the user interface to make it easier to switch songs or to dive into a new playlist without having to take your attention away from the road like Spotify's own take on the simplified car controls um yeah, so that's handy. They're 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 doing the same thing, making it safer to use in the car. Uh, Dell's speckled G15 brings high-end AMD Ryzen processors to value-minded gamers. AMD seem to be getting very popular now. You know, um, uh, always like for years and years, it was always Intel. You know, did you, did you get the i3, i5, the i7, even up to i9 now, isn't it? Uh, but uh, Ryzen now seems to be kind of taken off as well, and they seem to be very popular, and uh, a lot of the gamers and things like that like the Ryzen chips and stuff. Alongside the Alienware, yeah, so I, there was another story beside this uh, story when I looked it up, and it was the Alienware M15. So uh, Dell owns Alienware now, so a lot of their stuff... Um, 
the stuff from Dell and Alienware will be similar because they share parts and things like that. Uh, alongside the Alienware M15 R5 Ryzen Edition, Dell is also launching a more affordable 15-inch Dell G15 Ryzen Edition, a gaming laptop. It's for people who still want to experience AMD's fast Ryzen 5000 H-series processors, along with the NVIDIA RTX 3060 graphics chip, uh, but for less. If the M15's price of $1,793 is too high, the G15 is $899 in the entry-level configuration. It might be more reasonable price point for you to jump in. The G15's speckle design might look familiar to you. That's because Dell actually launched the Intel-based version of this model already, but in China first. The new Ryzen-based laptop is landing first here, uh, first in China as well on April the 30th, followed by the 4th of May around the globe uh, the starting configuration of the G15 Ryzen edition will be fairly bare bones in terms of RAM <coughs> and storage shipping with 8 gig of RAM uh, 3200 MHz DDR4 RAM and 256 gig uh, of SSD MVMe uh, M2 is that the like the one that's in the PS5 I think it is um it packs plenty of power otherwise for a $900 laptop. Um, yeah, you can always... Can you add storage to them? Or maybe you could swap out the SSD drive for a bigger one or something. And maybe the RAM could be added onto as well. Uh, yeah, I suppose something like that. And if you swapped out the 8 gig for 16 gig, if it would take it, and swap out, take out the SSD drive and put in like a terabyte one or something, it would be pretty cool. Uh, with a Ryzen 5 5600H hexa-core processor uh, and NVIDIA RTX 3060 with 6 gig of VRAM in case you want something more powerful. Oh, the 900 one, oh, that, that was 800, is it? The starting configuration is, is oh yeah. Also, if you want to add on some more money, you can get higher specs. Uh, the CPU can be tweaked up to the Ryzen 7 5800H octa-core CPU. RAM can be added either through Dell or by opening the laptop yourself. And you can configure it up to two terabytes of SSD storage. Uh, the more powerful processor can uh, also come with a bigger 6-cell 86WH battery. Though you'll get a 3-cell 56WH pack uh, on for the 900 uh, euro or dollar one at launch G well if you're into if you want a game and laptop that's the, by the by it's like a cheap alienware pretty much so that's pretty good uh i won't go too much into the rest of it it has a good screen um dell says a variant of it will launch in the u.s on april the 13th for 800 dollars but it'll feature the last generation 10th gen generation intel processor uh, Dell included uh, this bit for information practically as a footnote to give you an idea how much uh, emphasis is putting behind Ryzen this time around. Uh, so they're really pushing the Ryzen processor. Uh, correction, Alienware lowered its starting price for the M15 R5 from 2,229 to 1,793. So I changed the price mentioned in the opening paragraph to release. Oh, yeah, so... An earlier version of this article had said a higher price, but they changed price, so he updated it. Fair play. Uh, that's on The Verge. So, last few stories now while we're looking around. This is from RTE uh, Science and Technology. Over 26 million euro spent a day in contactless payments in Ireland in February. 
New figures from Banking and Payments Federation Ireland revealed that 1.6 million contactless payments were made every day in February. See, a lot of shops now, I even noticed, you know, with Corona and everything going on, they ask you to, if possible, please use contactless, you know. So that's why maybe it's it's cranking up as well. A lot of people are using it where they used to not use it. Uh, February saw a total of 46.2 million contactless payments made over the course of a month, worth over 733 million euro. Uh, This marked an increase of 6.5% in in volume terms for the same period last year and a substantial jump of 42% in value terms over the same period. The dramatic increase we have seen in total value of contactless in the year to February highlights the impact of higher transition limit of... um, 50 euro that was introduced last April oh well that's true too you can pay for more things uh, yeah I've often <laughs> 49.98 oh that's handy I can tap <laughs> so yeah that, that doesn't make a difference alright as a result of this change we can see the average payment value rose from 11.92 in February 2020 to 15.88 a year later Brian Hayes, the chief executive of BPFI, said, uh, looking at the trends in daily contactless payments, there was an increase uh, to 1.6 million payments valued uh, at 26.2 million euro per day in February 2021, up from 1.5 million uh, at 18 million a year uh, a year earlier. Mr. Hayes said, yeah, so people are tapping a lot more with their with their cards. Um, Payment Service Square launches Early Access Programme in Ireland. Uh, Payment Service Square has announced an Early Access Programme for Irish retailers, making it available in the country for the first time. Square offers payment systems for online physical retailers, including hardware for the point of sale and integrated software for websites and apps. Uh, The Early Access Programme comes ahead of a planned full-scale launch here this year. Uh, since 2016, we have had our corporate office here, and we know that Ireland has a very entrepreneurial uh, small business landscape, says Jason Laylor, uh, Chief Executive Director for Square Europe. And by launching our ecosystems uh, of products in Ireland, we feel we can best meet demand and support of small businesses and grow, to grow and adapt, particularly after a challenging year. Uh, Square launched in the US in 2009 with Jack Dorsey among its co-founders. Also, the Squarespace. I listen to Joe Rogan podcast sometimes, and uh, Squarespace, which is owned by Jack Dorsey, is one of the oh, payment. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, similar to. Um, well, I thought it was similar to PayPal and stuff, but this has like like electronic uh, checkouts and things like that. So maybe they have um, they have uh, different uh, types. They have. Um, uh, for uh, commercial use and for personal use. Uh, initially, it's allowed users to take uh, card payments via smartphone, but now offers fully-fledged till systems. Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, it can also, um, for shops, it can also link a retailer's digital operations in order to handle online transactions. Square's launch here comes as a number of new payment systems have grown in popularity here, including Stripe, SumUp, and Clover. However, Mr. Lawler uh, Lailer, uh, said he uh, believes Square's offering had an edge over what is already available. We're the only comprehensive solution of its kind, especially when you consider um, omni-channel selling. What does omni-channel selling mean? Which is about in-store and online, he said, uh, which um, is more important than ever. One of our core principles is that everyone should have ease, uh, easy and fair access to financial services. 
Okay. So, you know, Squarespace is in Ireland, or Square, as they call themselves. Um, ASOS H1 profits jumped 275% on strong pandemic demand. Online fashion retailer Ace. I haven't heard of them. I haven't used them or anything, uh, but they're doing very well for themselves over there. Uh, have today reported a 275% increase in first half profit driven by the popularity of e-commerce during COVID the COVID-19 pandemic. ASOS, which sells fashion aimed at 20-somethings, has traded through coronavirus lockdowns, uh, while store-based rivals have had to close shops. It also benefited from fewer products being returned by shoppers, as well as investment in product pricing and marketing. Uh, the group made an adjusted pre-tax profit of £112 million um, in the first six months up to February 28 and 30.1 million in the first half of 2019-2020 year. Uh, sales rose 25% at constant exchange rates of 1.98 billion uh, as its active consumer base increased by 1.5 million to 24.9 million. So they're, they're doing very well for themselves. Uh, first firm connected to the national broadband uh, plan network. The first farm has been connected to high-speed broadband under the National Broadband Plan. The premises in Cross Downey in County Cavan, owned by Tom Canning Agricultural Consultants Limited, is now available to... Res- <laughs> it's very, um, very businessy for a farm, isn't it? <laughs> Agricultural Consultants Limited. is now uh, able to receive download speeds of 500 MB per second. We're delighted to be the first farm business to be connected under the National Broadband Plan, said, uh, said Agricultural Consultant Tom, Cam- Tom Canning. Uh, the need for the farming community to be connected to a high-speed network is vital as administration and day-to-day running of a farm has moved online. Uh, for the purpose of my farm uh, consultancy business, I also need a reliable network connection so I can effectively operate business from a rural base and I'm already seeing the benefits from this connection. Uh, the connection is being provided via retail partner Eurona Arden Broadband Arden Broadband. A total of 544,000 premises across the country are due to be connected to high-speed broadband through the National Broadband Plan. National Broadband Plan. <laughs> Say that five times quickly. Uh, each should be able to receive a minimum download speed of 500 MB per second when connected. In January, the first homes and businesses were connected to the fledgling network in Cork and Cavan. Today marks another major milestone in the rollout of the National Broadband Plan as we see the first farms connected, said Minister for the Environment, Climate and Communication, Eamon Ryan. Uh, so that's good. They're all getting up, connected up there. I wonder, will Elon Musk's um, Starlink broadband thing be available here as well? Uh, probably at some stage. He, he launched more of them last night, actually, those um, the satellites for providing internet. He launched another bunch of them into uh, in low Earth orbit. Uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X are still sold out. Here's what to buy instead. The supply of new consoles sounds like it won't loosen up here until at least the summer 2021. So here are some gaming ideas. Uh, the biggest change in the new console availability I've noticed in recent weeks is that more people may now be looking for a Series X rather than a Xbox or than a PS5. That may be because some shoppers have given up on finding the PS5, or because recent A-list additions to, to Xbox Game Pass like Outriders or NBA Twenty One 
2K21 are making its case for Xbox. Well, I don't think the NBA games are as popular over here because NBA isn't as popular over here. There'd be more soccer games and stuff, but FIFA is available on both. Um, I still think the well, yeah, it's just like even they admitted, and this is like oh, they've given up on the PS5. That's you know that's that, that's the one they all wanted because of the controller and things like that. But uh, console-wise, they're pretty similar, you know. Uh, for example, Sony has said it shipped 4.5 million consoles, but that's barely a dent in the demand, and the tight supply for these new consoles may continue until June this year, mostly because of a worldwide chip shortage. Uh, in late 2020, the initial pre-orders of the PS5 and Xbox Series X sold out in seconds, and subsequent restocks at stores from Walmart or Best Buy uh, or Amazon, uh, all in America, well, we have Amazon here as well, uh, have vanished just as quickly. Oh, well, we don't, actually. We have It's in the UK or in Europe and stuff, and we have to order it, so hopefully they'll build a... a distribution center here have vanished just as quickly only to turn up on the resale market thanks to exploding population of uh, shop bots yeah i think you can they're still selling ps5s for profit i thought like once christmas was over uh maybe halfway through january everything will be back but no the the shortage of the computer chips is really causing a problem anyway what's their alternatives the series x uh, s Microsoft's simplified, streamlined Xbox experience is just as good for most people, and it's on, and it's cheaper as well. Um, Nintendo Switch and Oculus Quest 2. Uh, for the same price as a PS5 or Xbox Series X, you can buy two of the best pieces of gaming hardware ever released. The Nintendo Switch Lite is a genius handheld playing uh, some of the world's most popular games. And the new Oculus Quest 2 is a VR device that finally makes virtual reality fun, e- uh, easy and affordable for living room action, uh, TV action. Throw in an extra $100 and get a full TV connected version of the Switch. Yeah, if I was getting it, I'd definitely get the full version because you want to put a, try it on the TV as well, you know, and you can never put out the other, the light one on the TV, so it would be disappointing. Uh, cloud and streaming game services. The future of consoles may uh, is no consoles at all, maybe. Uh, I was a little ahead of the game back in the 2010s, but cloud gaming actually works now, and every major tech company is pouring tons of money and resources into it, including Google Stadia, where did that go to? Uh, Amazon's Luna, never heard of it. Microsoft's xCloud, never heard of it. NVIDIA's GeForce Now, never heard of it. most allow you to buy and play individual games a la carte and also offer monthly subscriptions from 5 uh, to $15 and give you more games, better connections and other perks. Um, I love being able to jump into a game on the phone, tablet, Mac or even some TV streaming boxes. On the other hand, the GeForce Now, which I consider the most universally useful of the, of the cloud gaming services, recently upped its monthly fee from 5 to $10. Uh, for new customers, existing members can keep their old pricing plan. Uh, retro gaming machines. If you don't already have a PS4 or Xbox One, yes, the PlayStation system names a lot. Um, names make a lot more sense. <laughs> oh yeah, just to understand PS4, PS3, PS2. Yeah, they're still available for 299 and up. Although I'd consider holding out for an Xbox Series S uh, for the same price. 
uh, instead yeah if I was buying if I couldn't get, get the Series X and I wanted an Xbox or something I'd buy the S instead because it's the it has the SSD drive and all that as well it's just uh, it doesn't have a CD and it's a bit slower and stuff but it's still better than uh, than the previous generation Xbox considering if they're the same price uh, maybe instead consider a shot of nostalgia uh, or an interactive history lesson in the uh, for the younglings with the Sega Genesis Mini Turbo Graphics 16 Mini or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition uh, aka the, Su- the Super Nintendo Mini all three pack a punch of classic games into a tiny 80s console reproduction and cost around $100 or less last minute entry into the category is the 50 euro Nintendo game uh, and watch reproduction uh, plays a couple of classic Super Mario games uh, in something the size of a credit card. There's, I've had a, I have a couple of, I have a, a Mega Drive one, like a tiny, like this was from about 15 years ago. It, it was like a tiny Mega Drive that took, and I still have, believe it or not, it has, still has the same 4A batteries in it for like 10 years, and I tried it a couple of weeks ago and it was still working. Those batteries, they must be those nuclear <laughs> batteries we were talking about earlier. They keep lasting so long. Uh, but it has 4A batteries in it, it has a cable coming out both sides. One is to a full-size Mega Drive controller from the same kind of one as the Mega Drive, but it's blue. And uh, the other side is the cables for the TV. And it has maybe 20 games or something built in, Sonic the Hedgehog, all that kind of stuff. And that was that's great fun. I have another one um, of Atari games. That's good fun as well. I have a couple of those. I have three or four of those. I got them cheap enough over the years, uh, but they're great fun every so often if you want to play some retro games but I also have the PS4 game with all the the uh, Nintendo games built into it as well so it's handy just to play it on the PS5 uh, gaming PCs are another option board games chess and all that kind of stuff are other options they're saying and that's it and our last story for today, home security checklist. Nine tips to keep your house safe from intruders. Let's see what they say. Lock your doors and windows. Um, upgrade your door locks. Uh, locking your doors and windows may not be enough if you don't have high-quality locks. First, make sure all exterior doors have a deadbolt, making it more difficult for intruders to break in. While you're at it, make sure your door frames and hinges are strong enough to endure an attempted break-in. Uh, invest in some home security systems. There's loads of them nowadays, and there's cheap ones as well. Do you know, there's ones that you don't have to pay, like a monitoring crowd, and you can just get, like, messages sent to your phone, and there's the there's the doorbells with cameras and all that kind of stuff. Uh, don't leave your valuables exposed. Yeah, don't leave, like, within view of the looking in the window or something. Uh, light up your outdoor space. Oh, yeah, those trigger lights that that, uh, that come off with movement and stuff might put burglars off. They don't want to feel like they're on display when breaking into your home, and outdoor lights can help to do that. Since these crimes are often ones of opportunity, outdoor lights may encourage the intruder to keep moving. Uh, secure your garage. People put a lot, of, a lot of effort into securing their homes, but often forget about their garages. Unfortunately, that can be an easy way to gain entrance into your home. Uh, rethink your hidden spare key. If you have a hidden spare key under your doormat or flower pot, it's time to rethink that. Intruders know uh, these popular hiding places for spare keys, and those are the first places they look. Uh, make it look like someone is home. 
most burglars don't want to enter your home if you're there they'd rather be uh, find an empty house and be in and out as quickly as possible therefore one of the best ways to prevent intruders is to make it look like someone is home uh, during your work day it might include leaving an interior light or the tv on when you're gone for a longer period such as a vacation Make sure you have a neighbour or family member collect your mail uh, since mail piling up uh, is a giveaway if the homeowner is gone. Smart lights can create an even more convincing effect. Many can be programmed to turn on and off periodically. Uh, keep valuables in a safe. Uh, in a perfect world, intruders would never make it into your home and so you'll never have to worry about the valuables being stolen. But unfortunately, the best laid plans can go astray and an, uh, an off chance an intruder could make it into your home you want to make sure they can steal as little as possible um, and to say the bottom line is no one wants to become a victim of a home intrusion implementing the tips on this checklist will help to discourage and prevent burglars and keep your family and belongings safe you can start small and just <coughs> pick up a couple of things on the list to focus on and you've got those down that list, uh, if you want to read back, is on CNET website. Um, so, and that's my lot for today. Hope you've enjoyed Tech Thursday, uh, as usual. Uh, you, you can call 069-66200 at any stage and leave any tech-related questions, and I'll let me do the research for you. And uh, Or you can text or WhatsApp 0871-669800, and you can email reception102 at gmail.com and mark that for Tech Thursday or for myself, Patrick Sheehan. And that's my lot for today. Hope you've enjoyed that. I'll talk to you again next week. Peace. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.